Welcome to the Story Ninja Podcast. We're finding the fun in our favorite stories and learning what it takes to master the art of storytelling. I'm your host, A.C. Williams. Today, I'm going to spend a little bit of time just chatting about some of the stories that scare me, whether they be books or movies or TV shows. It's the time of year where everyone talks about scary movies and haunted houses, of course, and whether you go to scary movies or not, you have to admit that there is something about feeling scared or tense that's kind of fun. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not into the gory horror type of stories. That's not my personal cup of tea. So I actually haven't even seen any of the slasher-type movies or shows. My imagination is so overactive that even stories that aren't really supposed to be scary still scare me. But one of the craft aspects of storytelling is the ability to write emotional tension into every scene. And now emotional tension, it doesn't just happen. It's not an accident. It's something that you have to plan. It's a tool and every writer should have it in your writing toolkit. Tension creates scary moments, even if you're not writing horror. And scary moments, they engage readers. So, since it's October 31st, I figured a good way to launch this podcast would be to chat a little bit about scary stories, what makes them scary, and how you can use those same techniques in your own storytelling. Now, quick disclaimer. I am not a horror writer. I don't really go for super scary things, so if you are a horror person, what I call scary may be a children's bedtime story for you. As I mentioned before, my imagination is so vivid that ordinary aspects of intense scenes can still become scary for me. I'm not as bad as Adrian Monk, but I certainly have my moments. So just be aware that my personal preferences may be a bit vanilla for any of you who are into the Saw movies or the Paranormal Activity movies or things like that. Now, for books. Guys, this is awful. I actually haven't read a whole lot of scary books. That being said, I really enjoy many of Stephen King's novels. The first of his books that I read was Salem's Lot, which I thought was just a fantastic read. Uh, If my to-read pile wasn't already as high as Everest, I would absolutely go back and read it again. Shoot, I might anyway. Honest-to-goodness vampires. Not the sparkly ones. Such a good book. From there I went on and read The Talisman, and I fell in love with the character, uh, Jack Sawyer, when he was a 12-year-old boy. After that, I moved on to the Dark Tower series, which is less like horror and more like dark fantasy. So then after I finished the Dark Tower series, I realized that the Talisman, the one I had loved with 12-year-old Jack Sawyer, it had a sequel, Black House. And little Jack Sawyer grew up to be a lieutenant in the LAPD. And there's like a spree of murders and, and he's got to go solve it. Oh my goodness, it sounded awesome. And it was awesome. But holy cow, you guys, Black House was scary. I mean, as usual, what King does with his characters is extraordinary. They're all fully rounded and feel like real people that you'd meet on the street. And when he puts them in these terrifying, otherworldly circumstances, you as the reader get to experience their fear and uncertainty. Okay, so in the story, there's been a murder, and Lieutenant Jack Sawyer is trying to solve the case. And he's repressed all of his memories of his childhood adventures and the trauma of the talisman. So he doesn't remember that he's already encountered the Black House and all of its evil before. 
Okay. Basically, the house in Black House is a gateway between worlds. Black House, the novel, as well as The Talisman, and many other books are all part of King's Dark Tower series universe. So there are many references in Black House that won't make complete sense until you understand how everything is connected. But dude, it's scary enough without having all the pieces. Alright, I'm going to be honest here. I don't actually remember much about Black House because it disturbed me so much. I just remember that the hero, Jack Sawyer, teams up with a biker gang. I think they're called the Thunder Five, and they're all family members of the murder victims. The one part of the story that stands out to me the most vividly, I remember it very, very clearly, is one of those biker guys, his name was Mouse, I think, he gets bitten by this demonic dog-wolf creature, and the bite poisons him, and so this poor guy basically rots away from the inside out and melts into a puddle of black goo throughout several chapters. It's actually awful. Uh, but one thing that I'll say about it, King takes his time with, with laying the story out itself. He doesn't skip over details because they're uncomfortable or squirmy. Honestly, the goal of this style of writing is to make your readers squirm. Not to the point that they stop reading, though. Um, for me, like I've said, I don't do the scary, gory stuff. And the biker dude melting into a puddle of black goo in the bathtub, uh, that was disturbing to me. But I kept reading, because I cared about the characters. I wanted to know what was going to happen to these guys. It is so important to remember that your readers must care about your characters. That means, even if your characters have bad attitudes, or if you go the anti-hero route, you still have to make your characters likable. Because if your readers don't care about what happens to them, they're going to stop reading. Let's be honest here, people. Readers have a million other draws on their attention spans. Most readers are looking for a reason to stop reading your book, so don't give them one. Stephen King is the master of character development. If you haven't read his book on writing, you need to. It is crammed full of fabulous information on how to write with tension and conflict on every page. Okay, moving on from scary books, now let's move on to, to scary movies. This one's a bit easier, but you guys are probably going to laugh at me, and that's fine. I, I can tell you right off the top of my head the two movies that scared the daylights out of me. The first one was a movie called Sphere. It's an old Dustin Hoffman movie from 1998, based on a novel by Michael Crichton. And it's technically not even a horror movie. It's a psychological thriller. <laughs> it's got a lot of familiar names in it. Dustin Hoffman, like I mentioned. But it's also got Sharon Stone, Samuel L. Jackson, Liev Schreiber, and Queen Latifah. And here's the real kicker about this movie. It's corny, <laughs> and it's cheesy, and it's full of plot holes, and it's probably not even scary at all to an average person. But for some reason, it gave me nightmares. And without spending a whole lot of time dissecting it, basically the main characters are marine biologists and military scientists, and, and while doing research in an underwater lab, they discover this advanced, crashed spaceship. Uh, they can't tell if it's from the distant past or the distant future, it's, it's really very mysterious. 
but what they discover inside the ship is the real crux of the story. It is, they find inside, they find this gigantic floating sphere that reflects everything in the room except their own images. It doesn't reflect the image of people. Okay, in a nutshell, to keep this short, the sphere basically gives these people the abilities to manifest their thoughts as physical objects. So, if they focus on what they're afraid of, it becomes real. Uh, probably the most horrifying scene, the one I remember the most clearly, Queen Latifah's character has to go outside the underwater lab for some reason, and she gets attacked by jellyfish. Like, not like one or two. Like, hundreds of them. Jellyfish everywhere. They're like all over her, and it is the most horrifying thing ever. And come to find out, her character was afraid of jellyfish. So the more she focused on her fear, the more her terror came to life. Uh, the same thing happens with the others in the crew, too. It's just altogether terrifying how their fears become their worst enemies, and how their fears all work together to destroy them. It is not a traditional horror movie, but the way the story is written works to build tension and fear in, your, in the audience, because everybody has fears. Some of our fears are primal, some are mental, some come from childhood, some come from personal experience. Whatever they are, and wherever they came from, if you as the storyteller can tap into those fears and present them in a way where your audience experiences them along with your characters, guys, you're golden. Alright, the other movie, which is going to go down in my personal history as the scariest movie I ever saw, is The Woman in Black. Don't laugh. Okay, you can laugh. It's pretty silly all the way around, actually. Um, I don't even know what I was thinking when I went to see this movie. Um, I know I wanted to see it because I had a desire to see Daniel Radcliffe play something other than Harry Potter. I also knew that The Woman in Black had been a stage play. So I thought, well, how scary could it be? Oh my gosh, guys. It was a bad idea for several reasons. One, as I mentioned, I do have an overactive imagination. Two, at the time, I was living in a hundred-year-old house that makes scary, creaky noises all night long. Three, also at the time, I was living alone, out in the middle of a wheat field, where no one could hear me if I screamed. If you have seen The Woman in Black, you know it mostly takes place in a creaky old Victorian house out in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, after I got home that night, I laid awake in bed for hours, pretending that I didn't hear scary footsteps and shuffling Victorian dresses. But I swear I heard something in my closet. Moving around, shuffling around, footsteps, guys. So I rolled out of bed and grabbed my shoe to go attack it. And of course there was nothing there. I'm not sure what my shoe would have done to help me out anyway. But this is why I don't go to scary movies. I hear ghosts in my closet and try to attack them with my sandals. Anyway, what the woman in black did very well was revealing parts of its story to the audience that the main character doesn't get to see. The story basically is a young lawyer, Daniel Radcliffe, is set out to sort through the paperwork in this old haunted house after its occupant died. I won't go into much more detail than that, because if you haven't seen it, and you don't mind scary movies, you ought to see it. It, it actually is really good. Um, 
it's kind of a beautiful story, actually, in a morbid sort of way. So I do recommend it. And it's not gory at all. It's just scary. Um, but one of the brilliant things that they did is with the camera angles. Because you, you, you'll have the main character in front. You'll see him and what he's doing. But then you'll see all sorts of other activity happening behind him that he doesn't see. Uh, there's movement behind him. There's there's photographs that we get to see that he doesn't get to see. We see things in other corners of the house that he doesn't get to see. What that does is build tension because we as the audience know what's happening before the characters do. We know what they're walking into before they get there. It's a classic storytelling technique. And now you've got to walk the line between dumping too much information on your readers and, you know, not telling them enough. But if you can set a scene so that your readers are aware of what's happening on a level that your characters don't, you will have automatic tension built into your story. And it will keep people engaged because they're dreading what's going to happen on one hand, but they also can't wait to see what your character is going to do. Finally, uh, moving on to some TV shows, because we can't leave out the TV shows. Again, since I'm not a horror person, I really didn't expect to get into a show like Stranger Things. But guys, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, what are you doing with your life? Go watch it. Go visit somebody who has a Netflix account and, and watch it with them. It's incredible. It's set in the 80s. And yeah, sure, there are several plot holes, which the awesome folks over at Screen Junkies point out in their hilarious, honest trailer. But the characters this show focuses on are tremendously entertaining and legitimately charming. Basically, this mysterious governmental agency tears a hole in the barrier between two worlds. On one hand, you've got our world, and then you've got the creepy, scary, poisonous sort of upside-down, is what they call it. Uh, it was an accident while this governmental group was experimenting with a gifted a gifted psychic girl who goes by the name Eleven. Uh, now, when they open this this portal between worlds, this horrible creature, it's part dog, part raptor, part Venus flytrap, escapes and starts eating people. And basically it's up to a group of meddling kids, a washed up sheriff, and a paranoid mother who lost her son to save the day. It's the best. You should watch it. Part of the allure of Stranger Things is this perceived innocence of the 1980s. Granted, they do a pretty good job of demonstrating that the 80s weren't as innocent as everybody seems to think. But there's something about taking little kids and putting them in terrifying situations that appeals to people. Um, it's, it's something about the innocent minds or, or just children who you would normally protect being the ones who are saving the day or being the ones who are the heroes. There's something attractive about that. Now, the other show I want to touch on very briefly is Supernatural. Um, now, I am a big Supernatural fan. I admit it. Now, in recent years, the show hasn't been as scary as it started. The first five seasons of the show were actually pretty tense. They had some really scary moments and some edge-of-your-seat type stuff. Uh, and they did it very well, I thought. 
but I'm not I'm not sure that you can actually keep that level of tension and horror type of stories on that level for an extended period of time. And what they managed to build as a culture within the show, they wanted to keep it going. So yeah, they just started their 14th season this year and they've reinvented themselves several times, which is pretty cool. And and there's a whole other story there. But um, when it first started, my goodness, guys, it was scary. All sorts of monsters and demons and terrible creatures. The basic storyline is you got these two brothers who travel the country hunting monsters. That's what they do. It's a it's an entire culture of people called hunters who just travel around and are on the lookout for supernatural creatures. And I would sit on the edge of my chair and yell at the TV. I don't often do that, but I found myself so involved in the story that I had to try to help the Winchester brothers know that something was going to get them if they weren't careful. (laughs) Again, with both Supernatural and Stranger Things, it all comes down to character and the relationships between the characters. In, In Stranger Things and Supernatural and a bunch of other shows, while part of the story is about something that's horrifying and scary, that's not the full story. That's more of the framework in which the real story is told. The horror is in the plot points. The story is in the characters and their relationships with each other. Stranger Things is about a horrifying monster that gets loose in our world. But the story of Stranger Things is about a group of young misfits who become a family. Supernatural? Supernatural is similar. It's monster hunting brothers. But that's not the story. The story of Supernatural is less about hunting monsters and more about what it is like to be a brother and the journey that these brothers go on learning to know each other and learning to be a family. And that's my list of the stories that scare me. (laughs) It's a pretty pathetic list. But maybe you can add to it. So, what do you think? Can you think of movies or shows or books that scared you and why they scared you? Not just because they were gory or gross or anything like that. There are a lot of movies that are gory and gross. But have you ever seen a story that legitimately shook you? And have you ever taken the time to actually work out why and what it is that scared you about that story? If you have, take what you learn from that story and apply it to your own writing. Because if it works for you, it might work for your readers too. I would love to hear all about it at um, my email address, which is storyninjapodcast at gmail.com. That's story ninja podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And that wraps up our very first episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and be sure to keep your ears open for the next episode at storyninjapodcast.wordpress.com. Or, for more information on me and my writing, you can check out my website at amycwilliams.com. That's www.amycwilliams.com. Until next time, keep writing, guys!